we should just do that again. Yeah, I think, what do you guys think? Should I just bow out and we just worship for another 20 minutes? Sure. Come on. Bill Johnson always says that when, uh, when God shows up, you know, in the gathering of the church, he doesn't come for the preaching. <laughs> it's very humbling because that is 100% true, isn't it? It's not like, here, Lord, let me tell you something special about you that I discovered. He still likes me, though. All right, let's jump right in. We are talking about being salt and light and... Um, and uh, I've been having a great time. I hope this has been helpful for you guys. I've been loving the devotionals. And uh, thank you, Jason, for all of your hard work pulling those together. And thank you all for your lovely voices that you've been lending to that. So if you haven't signed up for the devotional, that was part of what uh, Carly was talking about. You can scan that QR code and then you can hear. We do a fresh devotional every morning. They're like five minutes and they're on point with the sermon series. So, Okay, so I get to talk about being salt and light online. Come on. So I'm excited about this. Um, so I'm going to start by telling you a story. Um, when I first moved, well, I shouldn't say this. When I was first married to Karen, um, then we had a roommate. And uh, one day, my roommate comes home from work, and he has got, like, the worst black eye. And, like, literally, have you, ever, you guys ever seen, like, a really bad black eye? And it's like, it's, like, swelling shut, like, before our eyes as he's talking to me. And so I'm like, dude, Jason, what happened to you? This was not Jason Haig. But, um, and he's like, well, here's the deal. I was in my car, and I was driving down Beltline, and this guy was like right next to a semi in the fast lane going like 45. He's driving me crazy. So finally he finally gets over, and I zip past him, and I gave him the bird. And then promptly about... So it probably was Jason Haig, actually. I'm just kidding. Um, so he goes, then promptly, I hit a red light. And so it's summertime. I'm sitting there with the window down, listening to my music. I look up. There's that guy right outside my window. And he just decked me right in the eye. And then the light turned green. <laughs> so he drove away with a black eye that was swelling closed. You know, a lot of us are funny when we get in our cars, aren't we? Like, we get this idea that because I'm in my car, I'm in my own little power kingdom. And I can act however I want because people can't hear me when I say, you're an idiot driver. How many of you people know what I'm talking about? Come on now, right? Some of us are like, oh, boy, I thought we were talking about online. Well, a lot of us act like we act in our cars when we're online. We have this false sense of security and privacy that we can just act however we want, get all super in our limbic system and just be like, yeah, 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 and act this way, flipping people on the bird as, or flipping people the bird as it were. And then all of a sudden we realize, wait, those are people. Outside of my little kingdom, I am communicating with people. There are other people on the road with me. And this is a pretty good example, isn't it, that my buddy Jason discovered there. That's actually a person out there on the road that I flipped the bird, and he happened to have found me at the stoplight. So how about those apples, huh? So I, I want us to, as we're engaging with the idea of being online, I think it's important for us to open up our hearts and our minds to examine what the landscape is. So I want to kind of plant two different pictures here. So one is you're not in your own little kingdom in private. You're actually in public, and the people that are outside of your space are people. They're not just other cars acting like idiots. They're not subhuman doofuses. They're not extremist weirdos. They're not whatever moniker you give them. They're people. They might not be acting very nicely, but they are people. And you are not alone on the road. Are you with me? Another picture 
that I want to paint is that of when we're online, I think it would be helpful for us to picture going out into a public space, right? You're going to like the mall or you guys are all either from or around Eugene. How many of you have been to the Fifth Street Market? Raise your hand if you've been to the Fifth Street Market, right? Yeah, most of us. And the rest of you have just seen it online or heard about it. But basically, people are at the Fifth Street Market. It's an open-air market. And in the summer, it's so fun. You go there, you can do all kinds of things. There's food. There's all kinds of things why people are gathering there. Some people are there to sell things, and they have a booth. You guys have been to the booths, right? All kinds of organic food and yumminess. Some people are selling things that are illegal. <laughs> There are people who have come for very specific reasons to buy from like a favorite vendor. There's people attending because they just came to meet their friends and hang out. So they're there for amusement. Some are there to protest. How many of you guys have ever been down Fifth Street Market when there's like something getting protested? Some people are there to raise awareness about something. They might be holding a sign or they might be walking around like passing things out like, hey, have you heard about the spotted tree frog of the Alps? You know? <laughs> Some are, are trying to start conversations because they want to tell you about something that they're passionate about. And some of the times, somebody might bring a bullhorn and they're trying to alert the world about something that they're, that they're feeling very, is very important. So you guys get the picture. There's a lot going on in a public space where different people have come for different reasons, but they're all in that same public space. I think this is key for us, and I also think it's important to remember that they're people. So I want you to say this, when I am online, the people I'm interacting with are people. All right, I think you guys are doing great. You're already getting an A+. So here's the deal. We are the people of God. We are called to be salt and light in every area that we go. In fact, the, the, this church, Christ Center, our desire is that we are a local church of powerful people who release heaven everywhere we go. That's our goal. We do that by loving God, loving others, and serving both. You're a powerful person. You're part of a local church, and you are called to be salt and light everywhere you go. That is our commission. We have a commission to do that. We are called by Christ to be like Christ. So when we go online, that mission is the same. Are you guys with me? And so how we handle ourselves, how we handle ourselves in public is really, really important, and being online is being in public with people. How many of us, honestly, I know this is so simple, but I know, I know for me, I've been in, I've had some bad habits sometimes. Has anybody else here had, you, you don't want to raise your hand, that's okay, it's a safe place, you took communion, you, he forgives you, but this is important for us. So I want to suggest four different things that I would like us to keep in mind as the people of God who are salt and light. And the premise here is that when we're online, we must be salt and light. Are you guys with me? Can you receive that? All right, so the number, number one, first thing is, we do have a message and a commission from God, and God has commanded us to share it. Did you got that? You have a mission, a commission, and a message from the King of Kings, the Lord of the universe, who gave his son Jesus Christ so that people could be set free, healed, made whole, and live forever. That's pretty awesome. And the gospel of the kingdom addresses every single issue that is going on in this earth so that people can be free and released from poverty, relationally, spiritually, physically, and in every way, that there would be no bondages, no poverty. 
Are you guys with me? That's the message that we're carrying. You have a message, and you are commanded to share it. Can you hear that? Let me, let me prove it to you. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. It is absolutely legal and appropriate that when you and I are in public, everything we say and everything that we do should be fueled by the gospel of the kingdom. Now, that doesn't mean that when you post a toaster on Marketplace that you need to include John 3.16. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that the way that you communicate should give glory to Jesus Christ who gave his life. Are you with me? All right. Another great scripture, Isaiah 1.17 says, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. You and I are called to do these things as people of the kingdom. We are activists of the kingdom. We are active releasing the kingdom of heaven in every way so that there will be human flourishing for both the wicked and the righteous. People that love God and people that hate God, we defend their human rights because God defends their human rights. You with me? Proverbs 31.9, open your mouth. Judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. God is not asking us to be censored. He is not asking us to shut up. He is not telling us that we're not to speak. In fact, we are called to speak and to speak the truth in love. Are you with me? And then lastly, Proverbs 24, 10 through 12. If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? Rescue those being way, led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? You and I are called to speak out for those who have no voice. You and I are called to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. And we are called to speak of those things that deprive justice from humans. Are you with me? So you have a message and you are called to share it. Can you receive that? Let me share another story with you. It's another driving story. I'm giving you two metaphors today. It's a public marketplace and it's all about driving in your car. So here's the second car story. I had a buddy and he bought a, he bought a, a car, a used car. I think it was back in the Craigslist days. Does anybody still use Craigslist? A couple of you, you just don't like your money. You want to be scammed. I'm just kidding. No, it's just so sad. I was so sad when Craigslist fell down a little bit. I like Craigslist. I still use it too. He bought a car on Craigslist and uh, went and picked it up. I think his wife or buddy dropped him off. And he's driving the car back down the five um, back here to Junction City. And uh, on the drive back, people kept honking at him. And he's like, what in the flip is going on here? Super irritating. And they just kept, he kept ha having people honk at him. And, you know, on the five, you kind of travel with the same people. And so they just kept honking, honking. And he's getting more and more upset in his car. And about the time he gets to Junction City to turn off and get to Junction City, there's one particular car that was like especially, you know, beep, 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 beep. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And he gives him the bird and gets off. I think it was the Halsey exit, you know, and gets home. And then, you know, when you get a new car, right, you get out and you always, you guys, you know, when you get a new car and you get out and you always look back at it like, that's what I'm talking about. I just bought, that's my new car right there. And so he's walking around his car and he's looking at, yeah, baby, it's a nice car. And he looks and on his bumper, 
There's a bumper sticker and it says, honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> How we share <laughs> is part of the message. And if we don't share properly, we actually take away from the message. This guy had a great message of Jesus. He was not sharing or carrying that message very well. Are you with me? Let me say this again. How we share is part of the message. And if we do it poorly, we are not effectively communicating the message of the gospel of the kingdom. You are salt and light. You and I are carrying the message of the kingdom in everything that we talk about. We treat people with honor and respect, whether we're talking about the environment or whether we're talking about aspartame. Like, whatever it is, the way that we treat people, the way that we engage with them is actually to preach the gospel of their inherent value because God loves them and they're made in God's image. No matter how they're acting, it doesn't change the way we act. So everything that we do has to carry that same excellence and value. So how we communicate is part of the message. We're salt and light. Can you receive that? Ephesians 4, 29 through 30 says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Whew. I'm convicted by this, guys. I mean, I know you guys are all saints. But this, was, this is a scary message for me to have to preach because then that means I have to do it. No corrupt talk coming out of your mouth, but only what's good for building others up. Okay. Luke 9, 51 through 55, when the disciples were out preaching the gospel, there was a particular town, a Samaritan town, and they didn't want to receive Jesus. How many of you guys have been in the public square of the online world and ran into people who do not want to receive Jesus. All right, so they did what we should do, and they're like, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? <laughs> but he turned and he rebuked them, and he said, you don't know what kind of spirit you're of. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. That's a say law right there. Guys, when we're online in the public square with people, God does not want us to call down fire on them. He came to save them. So you and I may not be able to engage past a certain point. We'll get to that. But we are certainly not to call down fire and judgment upon the people that God is here trying to save. Now, they may reject Jesus. That's between them and Jesus. But Jesus is not rejecting them, and neither are we. Are you with me? All right, number three. It's important to check in with ourselves when we're online. And determine, why am I here? That's a good question, isn't it? I mean, has anybody here ever done, re how many of you like retail therapy? You don't feel good, and so you go buy something, right? Now we do it on Amazon. Just like, I feel so bummed, I need to buy something. And you start swiping, you're like, yeah, that's what I need. Boop. And you get that dopamine hit, like, ha, oh, yes, another guitar is coming my way. <laughs> anybody else here, right? It's like, or some food gadget. I also order those. <laughs> you thought I was talking about Karen. I'm still talking about me. There's a, there is a dopamine hit. There's a, there's a goodness that comes when you go shopping. You buy something new. It's novel. And you're like, whoo, that's what, oh yeah. <sighs> right? Some of us are online because we're looking for our next dopamine hit. We don't even know why we're there. 
We're just in public. We just went down to the Fifth Street Market. We're like, I'm just going to walk around and see if there's anything I need. And so your expectation is, this is going to make me feel good. But man, when you go into the public square, not everybody's there for the same reason as you. Right? You didn't go down there to buy meth, but you can find it. You're going to get online. Somebody's selling meth. It might not be actual meth, but they've got something that you don't want in your system. Hey, bro, you want some of this? Or somebody's maybe there with a bullhorn. You're there to just have some distraction. My kids are driving me crazy. I'm going to go online for a little bit and distract myself, get that sweet dopamine. And then somebody's like, everybody's dying in Darfur. And you're like, shut up. That was supposed to be Darfur. I said Dofur. I'm not sure what happened. But <laughs> your expectations are really important. So you got to ask yourself, why am I here? And let God help you discern that. There's a really great scripture here for this. Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Are you a son or a daughter of God? Are you commissioned by him on this earth? Is your life your own? Make the best use of your time. You and I actually have to have permission to do the things that we do in this life. We don't belong to ourselves. So there are times when we're going out into the public square, right, for a whole lot of reasons, but it's important for us to discern, like, Lord, am I supposed to be here right now? Is there something that I'm avoiding? I need to know why I'm here, because I'm actually commanded to make the most of my time. And then I'm called to walk in wisdom towards outsiders, because God seeks to come and save that which is lost, and we're here to do that. We're here to interact. We're here to use the time that we have in this part of eternity for his purposes, to be salt and light. And many of us are going into the public square online and we don't even know why we're there. And it certainly doesn't deliver what we want. And I'll tell you, there's another addictive drug when you and I are tired and scrolling, and that's called adrenaline. And it is also pretty fantastic. Did you guys know that anger is the greatest painkiller in our body? Being angry makes it to where you don't feel pain anymore. And some of us, when we're tired, and by the way, anger also brings energy. And so instead of taking a nap or dealing with the things that you need to deal with in your own house or in your home, you might be seeking distraction and you're actually looking to go get something that you can get mad about because something hurts and you'd rather be mad than sad. You and I have to discern, what am I doing here in the public square? And it's pretty easy to grab a cause and be getting energy from being mad at all those idiots. Isn't it? No hands raised? Nobody else does this? My family loves it when I do this. Okay, last story. Can you guys receive that? Discern why you're here. And make the best use of your time. You belong to the Lord. Last one. Okay, when I was first married to Karen, I'm telling all these anger stories, and I'm about to tell you a story that I actually don't get angry very often. I actually don't. I'm not quick to anger. Um, but, uh, in fact, that's a non-negotiable for Karen. When we got married, she's like, I don't do people throwing temper tantrums. Like, you throw a temper tantrum, I'm out. 
you will handle your own anger. That's not attractive to me at all. She has like a zero tolerance for that. So I'm good with that because I'm not a very angry person. I rarely lose my temper. But we're driving down the road, and there's this lady. And um, do you like that? But and we're driving down the road, 20 years old, there's this lady. And she, we were on West 11th, and she comes across two lanes, comes across two lanes in the middle of traffic, almost hits us. I have to slam on the brakes. She goes into the turn lane, runs a red light in front of other traffic, and not only does she almost hit me and I had to slam on the brakes, as she almost hits me, she flips me the bird and then drives that way. And I'm just like, something just clicked. Like, it wasn't enough that she almost hit us. It wasn't enough that I had to slam on the brakes. I hadn't even said anything naughty in my own privacy of my own car. And then she gives me the bird and she flies up and something just goes, bing. And so I just went into fight mode. So I was like, what? So I just like, went in. And at that point, like it had turned green. So I just like zipped around and she'd gone into the Fred Meyer parking lot. So I zip into the Fred Meyer parking lot. I pull up behind her. I jump out of the car and I walk up to her window and I'm like, I'll pretend like she's her. And I'm like ready for her to get out. And she's sitting in her car and she goes. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! like it just made it even worse. I'm like, stretched. Ah! And so I'm thinking, what can I do? And I'm like, I wanted to like break a window. I, I'm sorry. I'm confessing. I did. I'm like, oh, you safe in there? But then I'm like, I'm going to go to jail. Like this. <laughs> What is happening to me right now? And I look over at Karen and she is like, <laughs> she's not even mad at the woman. She's mad at me, which is also not fair. You have no idea how many times I have fantasized about what would have been the right thing to do. I won't tell you all of them, but my favorite one is that I would go around her car and kick the valve stems off of every single tire so they just all go flat and be like, now the world is safe. You're welcome, world. <laughs> but then I would be in trouble because she would just take down my driver's license and be like, that guy came and defaced my property. All I did was run a yellow light. You know, I mean, I, and then again. <sighs> I don't even remember what I'm preaching. <laughs> Isn't that the most unjust thing you've ever heard? So then I had to just get in my car and drive away, and then I was in trouble. Here's the deal. <laughs> what was even my point? It seemed like it was connected. All right. Here's the thing. When you and I are online, we're engaging in public, and so we have to treat it accordingly. How would I act in a public setting? Like, this was so outside of my norm. But sometimes when we're in this, we think we're in a private setting again, and somebody does something like this, and the next thing you know, you're just chasing them down the road, and then you're trying to fantasize about how to destroy their property to teach them a valuable lesson to save the world from them. Are you guys with me? Don't be acting like this isn't how you think sometimes. I am not, am I the only one? Reuben, I know you and I, did. where are you at, Reuben? Just calling him out. <laughs> I'm going to call out some others too. Don't get too quiet. Okay. Here's the, here's the thing. When we're engaging, we have to understand, first of all, I look back at Karen. I was not alone in this car. Karen was right there with me in the car. And if I would have asked her in that moment, what should I do? She probably would have said, why don't we leave the car right here? You go into Fred Meyer. This is before everybody had cell phones. You let that be a say law for you. And call the cops. And then we'll just make a reckless driving complaint right here, and she can talk to a cop about it. Man, that would have been awesome. I never thought about that until this morning. That's, that's how long it's taken me to heal. You're not alone 
when you're online. Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is with you. And so as you're engaging with people in this very public place, no matter how they're driving, right, you can check in with the Holy Spirit and with the things that Scripture teaches you to be salt and light in that moment. Most of us give ourselves a pass. Well, they cut me off across two different lines. This is a whole different, this is a whole different situation. No, it's not. Just look over at your wife who's in the passenger seat and say, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Are you with me? When these things happen, remember that. You're not alone. Holy Spirit, what do I do? And the Spirit of God will begin to remind you in those times of, 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 of the flare-ups because there's real things going on with real people. Proverbs 15 says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of a fool gushes folly like the last five minutes. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Keep watch on the wicked and do good. Keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. You and I, a soft answer turns away wrath. When you're engaging, a soft answer turns away wrath. That works. That's a real thing. Let me give you one more. Uh, Proverbs 25, 4 through 5. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, I want to just finish with this. I want to finish with Colossians. Okay, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Jason, would you come on up? Um, The Spirit of God is with us, and we are called to engage with the Spirit of God in us in every situation, making the best use of that time in a public space with real people. Can you receive that? And this is, this is so profoundly powerful, but that doesn't mean it's always easy. And so we're going to give you a few uh, testimonies of engaging online, but I do feel like, I hope this is helpful to picture yourself remembering like I'm in a public space and they're real people. Did you guys get that? All right, so Jason, you engage in a very public space and in a unique way because with Jack being on the autism spectrum, and you're a brilliant writer. Yes, I said brilliant. Isn't he brilliant? Look at him, he's brilliant. Um, But this is a unique place because it is, uh, this is a highly charged environment with people who have passionately care about their kids, their their, their nephews, cousins, et cetera, and and you guys are interacting. So tell us a little bit about how, how that works in that public space around such a passionate, you know, Topic. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that was really great. Good job. Thank you. Nice. Wasn't that great? Yeah. It's good stuff. You don't have to, yeah. Although I think there were more, more birds in that sermon than I've ever, we've ever had. More birds. Birds. Or more, more birds in that sermon. Birds. This is one right now, isn't it? You're going to have to explain to me uh, later. How many times did somebody flip the bird? Oh, in the oh sermon? those was, birds. I, I thought he was. Everybody I, I, else knew what I, I was talking I about. I thought he was talking about like bunny trails or no. something. I'm like, did you guys have no, an inside I, joke last week while I was no. gone? I mean, how many yes. guys looked over at my wife and were like, ooh, how she's, how's she going to sign that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> how did she sign it? I, you know what? It's, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> you, asked, you, asked me, you asked me a question. Wow. I traded you bunnies for birds. That's on good. That one. That's good. Yes. Uh, yeah, so 
uh, I had to, I, I, over the years, I've had to be on Facebook a lot um, it, for, for my writing because I'm writing in that sphere of disability and, the, you know, families dealing with autism and things like that. And um, it's very polarized. But it's not polarized in the traditional, like, right-left kind of thing that we see. Right. It's, a, it, it's more uh, along the lines of you have a lot of people that um, are, are very upset and want to vent about how hard it is. Right. And uh, we'll oftentimes venture over into, you know, like this, you know, this disability that my kid has or whatever is a curse and, and just, just lashing out in that way. On the other side, you'll have people that say, no, this is a real blessing. It's part of who my child is or part of who I am. Uh, and, uh, and so those two things, like there's just constant anger and, you know, arrows just going back and forth. So when you're writing in this space, um, they're sort of expecting that you're either, you know, you know, fully on this team or on that team. And I'm like, man, I, I, the, the, I've had to be incredibly careful over the years um, about that because I, I think the thing is when people are, are, are like sort of charged up like you're talking about, it's usually because they have some experience uh, uh, or they haven't felt valued, especially, you know, think of the self-advocates, the people who, who have been on the spectrum and have heard these things and have been like, man, they, they think that, They've been told basically, I am, I am less than, or I am, I am damaged goods, and so that would be like incredibly hurtful. So they're they're carrying that into these discussions, or on the other side of people who have been like, been told you should just be happy about this situation, even though their life has been incredibly hard and they haven't slept in two months, and you know, like these these kinds of things. And so usually it, they're carrying the, they're carrying a lot of baggage as they step online. Um, which is, I think, true in all Everybody. spheres, really, isn't it? I yeah. feel like people carry a lot of baggage when they come in. So what I've really tried to do is be incredibly careful to speak value and whatever I'm speaking to speak value and to not join this polarized team, not be on this team or that team. It's just I, I want to be on, on team human, <laughs> like, you know, to, to, to say, to speak understanding so that no one ever feels devalued or less than in the process and so as I've done that, yeah. Is it, is it almost like instead of taking a position, you're just engaging with that person? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Engaging that person. And then when I've, when I've written articles and things like that, uh, just been very careful in my language. Um, and I know people would say, you know, worrying about the language police or whatever. But I'm like, no, listen, if I'm going to use this word that you really want me to use, then people over here are going to be legitimately hurt. So why would I do that? I want to speak value so that everybody who's reading it can feel like they understand, like they are being understood and that their concerns are being acknowledged. And I'm like, I'm holding that. I'm like, you are made in the image of God. So in that process, I've been remarkably free of controversy over the, which is like something that not, I feel like not many people in that sphere um, can say. Like I really have. I've been, you know, I, I've been very fortunate. So uh, no birds. Well, there was uh, okay. There was one guy, but I eventually did. I eventually did have to have to block one time. But you and he had several conversations. Yes. Where you were trying to draw him out, and then you I finally was. actually told him, like, I don't, I don't think we can continue to discuss yes. this. And and Correct. so you even let him know, like, I won't be responding anymore. Yes. And months later, he emailed me and tried to engage again, and my wife said, "Do not dare," and my daughters, so, like, "Do not dare," whatever. I'm sure I would have won him over though. <laughs> probably, okay. probably. I like what you said, though, because I do think that in a time where there are, there is a lot of censorship. Let's not pretend like that's not the case. However, 
I like what you said was my desire is to communicate in such a way that I'm honoring the people I'm trying to reach. So it's not that you're saying like I'm being censored from using a specific word, but rather that you're saying I want to be very purposeful in how I speak so I don't alienate somebody. Well, yeah, I mean, we're always censoring ourselves. Like that, that's a, I think that's a, what we're, we're, we're called to, to, to honor and love one another and not respond in the way that we want to respond. Like that's always, that's, that's what self-government is. You are governing yourself and you're not allowing certain behaviors or certain speech to be out there. So if, if, you're in a, if you're doing something very public like I was doing and, and, and still have to do, I have a, a pretty large platform now, I have to always be doing that. Yeah. So I'm, you know, the, the, probably the bigger you, the bullhorn, the more careful you really do need to be. And that's not succumbing to uh, political correctness. That's simply trying to love your neighbor. I think that, um, and why don't we have the rigs start making their way up? We're going to share a couple more testimonies. Um, I think it hits on pride, too. You know, I Absolutely. think about times where I get really irritated when something that used to be a phrase that meant something to me is now being used in a different way. Yeah. And so I'm being invited to not use that anymore because now it means a whole new thing. And it hits my pride because I want to defend that, that, what it means to me. But I end up losing the opportunity to even have more conversation because then we're just arguing about a term now and it doesn't go any further. So You're going to end up winning an argument and losing the person. And that's what I really don't want to do. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, we're welcoming the Riggs and uh, Jason's going to wrap up interviewing this lovely family. So here's some great stories. Sorry, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Brian and Amber Riggs. Why don't you go right there? I'm glad to know you guys all color-coordinated this morning. Sarah didn't even tell me, otherwise I would have worn my maroon as well. Amber, um, you are, have, have recently, well, I'm going to tell them. How about that? She's recently begun a really cool project online and, and uh, uh, has been introducing it as she's writing Bible curriculum for homeschoolers based on the Bible Project's material. So it's an incredible opportunity. Um, and I saw an interaction you had as because as, you have to go online with this stuff and you have to put it out there. You In your first time out there on Instagram, you put this Instagram reel up and you were talking about how it's good to, t to teach the whole story of Scripture, including the Old Testament, because that frames the way for Jesus. Now, you had some real trolls come out after you instantly. I couldn't believe how many of them were just like, like just jumped on it. And then you, I watched the way you responded. It was very gracious. And in unpacking this with me, you've told me there was a metaphor that you read in a book that made a lot, that made a huge impact on you, and that was sort of a guiding thought as you responded. What was that metaphor? Oh, you're gonna hold. I'll just do that. Okay. Can I hold it? You can. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, my first thought, first of all, was they're just trolls. I don't have to engage them because don't feed the trolls, right? But then, like two days later. I'm like, oh no, Instagram wants me to engage with them because they're gonna like start punishing me. And so I had to start thinking about, well, you know what, these are actually people. And what they wouldn't have responded if there wasn't something emotional going on inside of them that prompted them to respond. There was something that prompted them to respond. And so there's a metaphor that I learned several years ago. It talks about our brains. And we like to think of ourselves as very logical people, right? because that's one of the values of our society is logic and I think therefore I am. And there's been a ton of research that shows we're not near as logical as we think we are. And in fact, our brains are more like, you have to think of an elephant with a rider on it. And our brains are both the elephant and the rider, 
but the elephant acts intuitively and emotionally, and the writer acts rationally. And so our brains are more elephant than writer. And so what will happen is our emotions get triggered by something. We head in that direction, and then our rational part makes sense of why we went in that direction. We validate it and we come with logical reasons. And so I approach all of these interactions with this metaphor in mind. So with that metaphor in mind, here was one of the uh, really awesome, helpful comments um, saying, maybe we shouldn't brainwash our kids with nonsense, just an idea. And I was like, oh boy. Now, now you, you didn't respond for a couple days because you were just going to let them. And sometimes that is totally appropriate, by the way, to not feed the trolls. I just want to say that. Oftentimes that's appropriate. But, but you ended up responding. And here, here's how you responded. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Agreed that we need to teach our kids how to think, not what to think. For us, that starts with understanding the Bible as ancient literature on its own terms. That was awesome. Okay, why did you respond that way? Well, the first thing is realize that we're speaking to the elephant. We're not speaking mind to mind. We're actually speaking elephant to elephant. And for some reason, that elephant is agitated. And so how do we calm the elephant down? That's really... <laughs> we need t-shirts. Carly, where are you? <laughs> Speak to the elephant. Okay, so speaking to the elephant, you want to agree with the elephant. So there's any redeemable thing they're saying. Oh, no, here he comes. Another mic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so if there's any redeemable thing the elephant is saying, how can we... So I'm like, how can I agree with this person? And But it really was, no, thank you for sharing what you're doing and what is and really listening what is the heart behind what they're saying because they've had damaging interactions probably and so what's the heart behind what they're saying so we tried to like talk to the elephant yeah i think you did a great job because also i noticed you didn't respond to any sarcasm whatsoever even though there was a lot of sarcasm in the statement you didn't use sarcasm and i i think elephants grow really really agitated with sarcasm like it feeds them it's like it's like spicy peanuts right <laughs> Sarcasm is agitates. Yes, it just agitates all the more. Here's another one. Uh, another comment said, give a kid some Bertrand Russell instead. Bertrand Russell was a philosopher who, you know, famously wrote a paper, Why I Am Not a Christian, and is, you know, fa pretty famous atheist philosopher. Uh, and here's how you responded. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Love that you started that way. It helps that Amber doesn't have a sarcastic bone in her body. R really, you're... Well, okay, but not much of one. Like, but so, so that's very earnest. And she says, within classical education, we wait until late high school to introduce modern philosophers. Before then, we lay a foundation uh, from the ancient traditions. That way, they'll be better prepared to grasp how Russell engages with philosophers who went before them, not to mention how all of them engage with the Bible. Isn't that like, that is just a wonderful answer. Now, here's what I love about this. You didn't say, no, we don't go with any atheist philosophers. Why didn't you do that? Well, part of living in our world is we do engage with all sorts of people who have all sorts of beliefs, and we can't live in a vacuum. And so I do want my kids to know what other people think so that they can engage with them in um, hospitable ways. And so it is important to understand why people think the way they do and why we think the way we do. And then whatever we do come face to face with people who do think differently than we do, we don't like, we don't have an emotional response. We're able to, well, we do have an emotional response, but we're able to talk to our own elephant, right? And um, then talk to their elephant. 
That was wonderful. Thank you, Amber. Wasn't that great? It was like. A pro move right there, and that she really excels in that. Now, I have Brian. You don't have to stand all the way in the back. You can sit down if you want to. I mean, that's kind of, or you can stand right, you can stand right now. Okay, whatever. Uh, do, do, what you, do what you need to do, Amber. Brian, you, you, you don't rock at this like your wife does. No, general, I do, do not. Yeah. <laughs> to be, let's, be, let's be clear. Uh, now, you're not terrible at it, but you, you struggle like, like the rest of us, and it's not like yes. second nature. And now, you really had to deal with this a few years ago when you got on a, in a group, uh, on a Facebook group, that was a very mixed group, um, politically speaking, and there was one person in that group who you were like diametrically opposed with on all these issues, and the person was causing problems in the group, so this is what he did. He actually contacted, uh, contacted the moderators and said, this guy is causing all kinds of problems, doing all this stuff, getting everyone off topic. Can you please do something about him? And they said no. <laughs> so Brian decided to do something else. You actually reached out to this guy privately. Now, yeah. tell us how that went. Well... Uh, for a little correction, I am a moderator of the moderator. You are a moderator. I am, so I, I, I asked my fellow moderators, moderators can I 86 this But they guy? said no. They said no, because I have a whole herd of elephants. Okay, a, a lot of elephants lot of going elephants. on in there, yes. No, but, so I reached out to him, sent him a direct message, and I realized that, uh, you know, like you said, when we're in the gl global internet, we're like, we, we're not ourselves. Right, right. We're not ourselves. So right. when you reach out to someone specifically in a direct message, it's a matter of, well, how do I communicate this? Because typically when we respond like a mad elephant, because we're, we're responding for other people. Right. Like, I'm justified in this, this, and this, and this is why. Yeah. And you want other people to see that. So how, what did you say to him, and, and what developed there? I, I tried to find some commonality because there, there, the aspect of the group was to find commonality and to find um, ways that we can engage with other people. Yeah. And, and when someone was in the group like he was, and he was being very demonstrative and very, you know, he was lashing out at people, um, I tried to find something, a common ground that we could both kind of anchor a relationship in. And what did you find? Well, well, um, so I did a DNA test. Um, and I'm 86% British. And so, and he recognized that. I'm like, so we actually bonded on the Queen of England, Elizabeth. And this so, just makes me smile. I don't know why. <laughs> They're both big fans of Queen Elizabeth. I love so it. So our conversation went back and forth about Liz. We called her Liz, of course. Um, about how we had different conversations, high tea and this and that. And so we grew a... We grew from that aspect, and he, he friended me online and liked pictures of my girls and said how sweet they are, which they are sweet. I didn't. Yeah. They're very sweet. So over time, you guys kept connecting, and then you found out he was sick with yeah. cancer. Yeah. And he, he sent you some pictures, yeah. right, to sort of share his life with you. What did that yeah. do to you? Um, he reached out to me. He had prostate cancer, and he, so he had a journal. And um, he, uh, he asked me for my address and so I said yeah Scott you can have my address and so I, I got this letter I'm like oh it's from Scott it's and I didn't really understand or didn't I had no idea what was going on uh, while he was sending me and he sent me two pictures one picture of when he was in England and he took a picture of the Queen in her and these are prized possessions of, of his and then a picture of himself and I just I, I lost it I had, I had to leave the room and and you know 
for someone who has, you know, you said diametrically opposed, we were diametrically opposed. I mean, you could not get any different than the two of us were. Um, but to have that friendship um, and that understanding and, and to be able to have that rich, rich conversation with someone that, that beforehand you were just, I want this person gone from my life. I don't want to yeah. share myself with the, this person. Um, and then he passed away on September 6th. So, and that was two days before the queen passed away, which was kind of poetic and kind of very meaningful in the same. So. Yeah. And, and I mean, as far as you know, this man didn't like give his life to the Lord before he died, unless something happened that you don't know about, but you were still able to share something very deep. And I, I think the fact yeah. you were able to mourn for him was really a gift. Well, and we were able to identify within our relationship that that I was a Christian, and that, and and we've had we had some pretty frank conversations, and even I had a Zoom call with him, because um, he's like, I want to meet you because we're so different, and I love your post about your family, and I love how you've interacted with me, and so I want to. So we were on a Zoom call, and I, I uh, went online and found a, a background of of um, the palace was behind me, <laughs> so. It's just the funny things I do, uh, but but it, so it, it was fun, and and he appreciated the fact of where I was. And sometimes you don't have to share the gospel in words. Sometimes you can live it out. And I can't tell you one way or another, but we did have conversations about God. I can't tell you if he came to Christ, but I knew he knew who Christ was. Yeah, right on. Thank you, Brian. That's beautiful. Give him a hand. Thanks, Amber. Well, was that fun? Do you guys feel enriched? All right, praise God. Well, I'd like to ask the elders and the home group leaders to come forward. We want to be able to pray for anyone that we can just bless you in your ministry of being salt and light in our cities. So God bless you guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you and give you shalom. I love you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you later.